Welcome to this weekly audio digest session of the Evening Times from Friday the 7th to Thursday the 13th of June 2019. Read by volunteers at Q&A Review and speaking to the blind at our studios in the Bishopriggs Media Centre. The headlines in part one. Jail for FIFA pounced on pensioner on Glasgow's Union Street. Ex-SMP MP Natalie McGarry released from prison pending appeal. Search of River Clyde to resume after reports of man in water. Lotto cash boost for Glasgow Asylum Seekers Shelter. Missing Billy Mullen, body discovered in woodland in East Kilbride. Glasgow's Craft Cafe secures future thanks to National Lottery funding boost. Firefighters tackle blaze at four-storey tenement in Mary Hill. Winter garden campaigners refused access to tidy up abandoned glass house. Wooded area in East Kilbride closed off for investigation by Police Scotland. Care homes in Glasgow hit with complaints and worst grades from inspectors. People rushed to hospital after being injured outside the Barrowman High School. Creating a creative community, Glasgow Canal. Former Celtic star Anthony Stokes denies stalking campaign against ex-girlfriend. Mikel Lustig. Celtic should have handled my potential exit better. And Porter. Glasgow Kelvin College head of department killed in motorway crash. When signing David Turnbull benefits Celtic, Oliver P. Here's what the stats say. Evening Times News Recorded on the 10th of June 2019 Jail for FIFA pounced on pensioner on Glasgow's Union Street From the Court Reporter And thief who robbed a vulnerable pensioner on the street in broad daylight has been jailed for more than three years. Brian Roberts, 50, pleaded guilty at Glasgow Sheriff Court to assaulting and robbing 73-year-old Stuart Smith last August. The court heard that Mr Smith was walking with a Zimmer frame when Roberts pounced on him on Glasgow's Union Street. Prosecutor Richard Hill told the court, Roberts said, Hello old man, I haven't seen you in a long time and I'm sorry I don't have anything for you. Mr Hill claimed Mr Smith didn't know Roberts but had seen him before. Roberts then went behind the elderly man and said, I have something to give you. Roberts struggled with Mr Smith, rummaged through his pockets and snatched his wallet containing £150. Roberts ran across the road, and Mr Smith noticed he took out the cash and dropped the wallet on the pavement. A 999 call was made by Mr Smith. Police couldn't find Roberts until January this year, when he was spotted begging on the street. Defence lawyer, Zach Sign, said that Roberts was appalled by his behaviour. Sheriff Philip McKinnon said, This is a despicable offence on a vulnerable victim. Your criminal record is appalling, and only a custodial sentence is appropriate. By the court reporter. The Evening Times, 12th of June 2019. Ex-SMP MP Natalie McGarry released from prison pending appeal. Natalie McGarry was sentenced to 18 months behind bars last week after pleading guilty to two charges of embezzlement in April. The former SMP MP spent money on rent, a holiday at Spain with her husband, transfers of money to him and other lifestyle spending. The 37-year-old, who has an 18-month-old daughter, was released on bail pending a potential appeal against her conviction and sentence following a hearing before Lord Turnbull at the Criminal Appeal Court in Edinburgh on Tuesday, the Justice of the Office said. McGarry embezzled £21,000 from Women for Independence in a role as a treasurer of the organisation between April 2013 and November 2015. 
She also admitted embezzling £4,661 in the course of her role as Treasurer, Secretary and Governor of the Glasgow Regional Association of the SNP between April 9, 2014 and August 10, 2015. Sentenced in her Glasgow Sheriff Court last week, Sheriff Paul Croyzer said your fraud and deceit is one of the most serious type. You are in a position of trust and you abused those positions. You have fallen very far short of the standards the general public should expect from their elective representative. Criminality of this short involves multiple breaches of trust. Your conduct is such that the custodial threshold has been fast and there is no alternative sentence available apart from conductial. McGarry's defence agent, Alan McLeod, had last week urged the sheriff to deliver a non-custodial sentence. He said she has had mental health issues over the year, including depression and anxiety, and has also suffered from postpartum depression following the birth of her daughter in November 2017. McGarry was elected as an SNP member in 2015, but resigned for party whip following the emergence of fraud allegations, which she denied at the time, continuing in Parliament as an independent. She represented Glasgow East and did not seek re-election in 2017. The Evening Times News, recorded on the 10th of June 2019. Search of River Clyde to resume after reports of man and water by Holly Lennon. A search of the River Clyde is to resume after reports of a person in the water. Emergency services, including police, HM Coast Guard and Scottish Fire and Rescue were on the scene near the Glasgow Bridge from 7.20pm on Thursday following the report. Despite a search of the area, the man was not found and the search was stood down around 11.30pm. Officers are continuing inquiries to establish the man's identity and are appealing for anyone who was on Glasgow Bridge or in that area around the time of the incident to contact them as they could provide vital information. Police say it is imperative officers discover who the man is in order to contact his family. Anyone with information is asked to call officers at the Baird Street Police Station via 101, quoting instant number 3625 of Thursday, the 6th of June 2019. A spokeswoman for Police Scotland confirmed that the search is to resume this morning. By Holly Lennon. The Evening Times, 12th of June 2019. Lotto Cash Boost for Glasgow Asylum Seekers Shelter The Glasgow Night Shelter for Dispute Asylum Seekers will benefit from cash to help ensure the service continues to operate. While the mainstream winter night shelter in the east end of the city runs from December to March, the shelter for asylum seekers is open all year round. It is one of eight charities helping with homelessness to get the cash in the latest round of lottery community funding. Glasgow Homeless Network will receive half a million pound to help with projects designed to prevent people becoming homeless. Shelter, Marie Trust and Crisis UK are among the others receiving cash. David Ramsey, 46, from Pollock, was homeless for two years and has gone on to help to shape the Glasgow Homelessness Network in Garbles and Pollock. Mr Ramsey said his difficulties came once he had a tendency in an unfamiliar area where many people had addiction problems. 
He said, I'm a passionate believer that anyone with the right support can overcome problems, and if I can, anyone can. It's also important to remember that it's much, much easier when a correct support is in place and delivered in such a way that local people are aware of it and want to use it. Initiatives across Glasgow cover a wide range of services, including emergency accommodation and support for mental health and addiction. Suzanne Miller, Interim Chief Officer at Glasgow's Health and Social Care, welcomed the National Lottery funding. She said, we work in close collaboration of third sector partners to tackle homelessness in Glasgow. For strategic manner in which these National Lottery grants have been awarded to tackle the underlying causes on a number of fronts. Maureen McGinn, National Lottery Community Fund Scotland Chair, said there is a clear focus today on support for organisations working collaboratively to address the issue of homelessness in Glasgow. David's inspirational story shows if people get the right mix of support at the right time, then they are able to move forward and make real and lasting changes to their lives. These National Lottery funds really are life-changing and will have a positive impact that people will need our help the most. If you are blind or partially sighted, or know somebody who is, they may be eligible to receive a BWBF Sonata Plus internet radio, where our daily podcasts are available. To qualify for a free permanent loan from BWBF, you need to be resident in the UK, registered blind or partially sighted, over the age of 8, and in receipt of a means-tested benefit, or have a parent or guardian in receipt if you are under 18. If you think you qualify, you can find your local agent at www.blind.org.uk and remember, when setting up the player, ask for the Cune Review channels. Now, back to the main programme. The Evening Times News, recorded on the 10th of June 2019. Missing Billy Mullen, body discovered in Woodland in East Kilbride, by senior reporter Caroline Wilson. Police investigating the disappearance of a 29-year-old woman have confirmed that the body has been recovered. Billy Maya French Mullen went missing from the East Kilbride area on Saturday afternoon. Police said that around 8pm on Wednesday, the body of a woman was found within wooded area near to like Privet Road, East Kilbride. Ms Mullen's family have been informed, although formal identification is yet to take place. Detectives are treating the death as unexplained. A police spokeswoman said a formal identification has still to take place, however the family of Ms Mullen have been informed about the recovery. A post-mortem examination will take place to establish the exact cause of death, and police are treating the death as unexplained at this time. A report will be sent to the Procurator Fiscal. By senior reporter Caroline Wilson. For Evening Times, 12th of June 2019. Glasgow's Craft Cafe secures future thanks to National Lottery funding boost. Craft Cafe, which runs free art workshops for the over 60s at Elder Park Housing Association Community Centre, has received £96,000 from the National Lottery Community Fund. It will mean a much-loved impact art project, which has in danger of closing, can run classes up until spring 2022. The cafe offers a free drop-in service for participants to socialise and learn new artistic skills from the artist in residence. It has been running for 10 years and now has more than 80 members. 
Its aim is to tackle the growing problem of isolation in older people while celebrating the creative achievements of the ageing population. The funding boost will allow Craft Café to offer an additional day every week of outreach work for older people in sheltered housing, care homes and hospices throughout Glasgow. The funding comes following a period of instability for the service, which required a social media crowdfunding campaign last spring to ensure it would continue. Staff and residents have spoken of their relief that the cafe's future is secure. Charlotte Craig, the Impact Arts artist in residence who leads the workshops, said we are totally over the moon when we found out. Uncertainty with funding is always an underlying challenge. The funding from the National Lottery Community Fund means security for the members. It's such a big part of their lives, for many it's a lifeline. She added as well as teaching new skills and celebrating members' creative work, for many this place means having support from peers, feeling valued and having a purpose. The outreach work we can now offer is an existing expansion of what we currently do. It will be fantastic to be able to help people who we would otherwise not be able to reach. Danny Park, 70, has been attending Craft Café Govern since 2010. He said, this has been the best place ever and it's just got better as the years have gone on. I recommend it. I'm most into painting, but I've done knitting and mosaics. It's a variety. You're not stuck to do the same thing and you're asked what you want to do. He added, whatever you want to do, art or just want to sit and have a cup of tea and have a belter, it's just so welcoming. Humza Yousaf, MSP for Glasgow Pollock, who supported the crowdfunding campaign in 2018, added, I'm delighted to hear that the Craft Café has secured such a significant amount of community funding. This is testament to the invaluable services it provides in Govan. Our over-60s have a lot to offer and the Craft Café provides an opportunity to channel their creative talents. I look forward to seeing the project develop over the next three years. Elder Park Housing Association have been long-standing partners and supporters of Craft Café Govan, offering guidance, promotion and financial support. Shirley McKnight, Elder Park Depute CEO, said we are absolutely delighted Craft Café provides such a valuable service to our local residents and is a lifeline for many of our tenants and residents. Craft Café govern workshops run Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday between 10am and 4pm at Elder Park Community Centre every week. The service is entirely free and runs on a drop-in basis. Evening Times News, recorded on the 10th of June 2019. Firefighters tackle blaze at four-storey tenement in Mary Hill from the Evening Times Online. A tenement building in Mary Hill has been damaged in a serious fire. Scottish Fire and Rescue Service were called out to the blaze at the Rich Hill Street around 12.45pm. Four appliances battled to bring the blaze under control, including an aerial appliance. Another fire engine was deployed to the scene around 8.30pm to ensure the building's safety. Maryhill Housing Association staff are providing assistance to residents. A spokeswoman for Scottish Fire and Rescue Service said, The Scottish Fire and Rescue Service was alerted at 12.46pm on Thursday, June 6th, to reports of a fire at Rich Hill Street, Glasgow. Operations Control mobilised a number of resources to the street and the fire is now well under control. Another appliance has now been set out to make the area safe. From the Evening Times Online. The Evening Times, 12th of June 2019. 
Winter garden campaigners refused access to tidy up abandoned glass house. The appearance of a Victorian glass house in Glasgow's East End is distressing volunteers who have been refused access by the City Council to tidy up its perimeter. The Friends of Glasgow Green, People's Palace and Winter Gardens asked Glasgow City Council if they could access the area to do a much-needed tidy-up, but they were told it's a restricted area. Group member Marie Robertson told the Evening Times for Much Love Winter Gardens is beginning to resemble a forgotten relic. For steps and messery are being taken over by reeds and long grass, rubbish bags allowed to pile up trash around the grounds. Despite pledges of maintenance during the past six months of temporary closure, it does appear to have been abandoned. She added it is very disappointing that volunteers have not been granted access to clean up the area. We hope the inside is far and better than the outside. A spokesman for Glasgow City Council told the Evening Times the area within a perimeter fence is restricted for safety reasons for both staff and members of the public. The spokesman said our staff routinely work in Glasgow Green and we are not aware of any ongoing issues of rubbish being scattered within a restricted area. There was an isolated incident where it was expected that a fox pulled rubbish from a bin, but this was resolved. The glass house and adjoining People's Palace were closed in January after structural engineers ruled that they were no longer safe. The People's Palace reopened in April after £350,000 refurbishment, which included a covered walkway for fire escape and upgraded sanitary facilities. The Winter Gardens remains closed after a sealant used to secure the glass panelling was deemed to have reached the end of its life. But, as the Evening Times previously reported, structural engineers warned the council as early as 2014 that the wrong sealant was used in 1998 refurbishment, resulting in its quick deterioration. The concern for the cultural site comes as a third council-led workshops into its future concluded for People's Palace, Winter Gardens and spaces immediately surrounding these buildings need to be considered as one asset. The People's Palace is currently maintained by Glasgow Life, while the Winter Gardens is controlled by the City Council. The workshop also identified the Heritage Lottery Fund as a potential funding avenue for any future project to restore the Winter Gardens. But campaigners have expressed concerns as some of the conclusions, which said the focus of the buildings should be on people's functions with limited areas for displaying plants. Miss Robertson Curry said they are yet to be included in the ongoing consultations, despite being promised in conclusion by the council. We want a written agreement as to People's Palace and Winter Gardens not being moved into a private sector, and a proper consolation plan laid out, readable to ordinary guard regions, not council language. We want proper consolations with interested groups and the public. We are hoping a council understands the difference between tokenistic engagement for tick-boxing, consolation for valuation of development, and powers of full decision-making, Miss Robertson carried out. A spokesman for the City Council said the focus of workshops have been to establish the basic principles, for now the buildings may be used in the future, while retaining the essential character of a much-loved feature of the Glasgow's landscape. 
They added the Council wants Grant Regions to be a part of the discussions and will bring forward how we intend to do that in the near future. The spokesman added we are currently working to a timetable that includes the option of submitting a notice of interest in Heritage Lottery funding by the end of October this year. Remember, this weekly digest programme is just a selection of what we produce. You can access more daily content online for free at qandreview.com forward slash free podcasts for free daily podcasts of the Herald Scotland and Evening Times and weekly digests of the National and Inside Soap magazine. Alternatively, you can access all of these services via a BWBF Sonata Plus internet radio player. Now, back to the main programme. The Evening Times News, recorded on the 10th of June 2019. Wooded area in East Kilbride closed off for investigation by Police Scotland. From the Evening Times Online. Police are said to be investigating an ongoing incident after a wooded area was closed off by officers. A large police presence was spotted on Live Privet Road in East Kilbride on Wednesday night, with a number of vehicles and detectives in attendance. The Scottish Sun are reporting that a pathway leading behind lock-up garages has been closed off to the public, with officers guarding the entrance. It has been suggested on social media that the body was found there. The area in question, between Wellington and the Lake Privet Road, was allegedly shut off from around 8pm. Police Scotland have been contacted for comment. From the Evening Times Online. The Evening Times, 12th of June 2019. Care homes in Glasgow hit with complaints and worst grades from inspectors. Data obtained by the Evening Times shows 18 privately run care homes in the rest of Scotland, including three in the city of Glasgow, have been rated weak or satisfactory by the Care Inspectorate in one or more categories in their last inspections. A total of 47 complaints against a home have been upheld, either partly or in full. Collisden Care Centre in Strathaven, run by Canterbury Care, was also given the lowest rating for home environment residents and has been issued an enforcement notice, which is more serious cases can lead to a care home losing its registration. The home was warned to improve safety procedures involving medication given to elderly residents. A spokeswoman for the home said we are disappointed and surprised by the sudden and drastic reduction in grading However, we are working closely with the care inspectorate to address the concerns raised. We acknowledge the need to address some domestic environmental issues and a refurbishment programme and have already begun to regard this. Wellhall Resident Home in Hamilton and Ballantyne Court in Larkhall have also been hit with enforcements by Care Watchdog. Ballantyne Court, which is run by Well Care Homes Ltd., has received the highest number of complaints, with seven upheld or partly upheld over the past three years. Two Glasgow homes, both run by Oakminster Health Ltd, which among those rated weak in one of more areas, Chester Park Care Home in Kenham Park and Cumbria House in Hillhead. Chester Park was rated in the second lowest category for staff and leadership, while Cumbria House in the city's West End was given a second lowest rating for care, support and well-being of residents, care planning and leadership. And an official complaint against the home 
was also upheld by the care inspectorate. The company declined to comment on the latest inspection report. Wesley Care Home in Neilston, which is run by Third Life Care, was rated weak for care support and well-being, care support planning and staff team. One complaint was upheld or partially upheld by a care inspectorate from 2017. A spokesman for the home said there was poor practice going on in the home, but action was already being taken to address the issues raised by the care inspectorate. We are due to be inspected again in August. There are new national care standards in place, but have set the bar much higher for care homes. You will generally find that care homes are receiving low ratings because of new national guidelines. We are graded under different categories with subheadings. You can get 3, 5S and 1, 2, but you are then graded as a 2. They don't take average. Oxton House Residential Care, which is listed under the ownership of Mr and Mrs C. Connell, was rated weak for care, support and planning and leadership. A spokeswoman for the home said we provide a high level of care. It was some paperwork that was not up to scratch. Apple House Cross Nursing Home in Hurtlet was rated weak for care and support of residents, care planning and leadership. A spokeswoman from the home said we've had some issues in the past with staffing, but have been working really hard to improve our services because it means everything to us. We have increased our staffing levels and increased training for our nurses, and we are waiting for care inspectorate coming in. Abbeydale Court Care Centre in Hamilton, run by Abbey Healthcare, was rated weak for care, support and well-being. A spokesman from the home said we weren't expecting the low grades, but we are confident that we have met all the points in the action plan. Flemington Care Home in Camberslang was hit weak ratings in four categories, including the care of residents, and four complaints have been upheld by the care inspectorate in the past three years. Other care homes rated weak in one or more categories were Green Hills Care Home in Bagar, run by Thistle Health Care, Dalmelinton Care Centre, and Firknor May Ball, Hutton Park Care Home, run by Hutton Park Ltd, Kerntire Care Centre in Campleton, run by HE1, Lawnbank Care Centre in Hamilton, Belhaven House in Troon, run by Mansfield Care Torms, and Cumbria Lodge Care Home in Irvine. In the Evening Times News, recorded on the 10th of June 2019, people rushed to hospital after being injured outside the Bannerman High School. From the Evening Times Online, a teenager was rushed to hospital after being injured in a violent altercation near a school. Police were called to Glasgow Road in Bailston, near Bannerman High School, around 3pm. A 16-year-old boy has been taken to hospital following the disturbance, which is said to have taken place at the school gates. He is currently being treated for a head injury at Glasgow Royal Infirmary. One concerned parent reported seeing four police cars and a helicopter on scene and 200 pupils being led towards an ambulance. A spokeswoman for Police Scotland said police received a report of a disturbance on Glasgow Road around 3pm. Officers attended and a 16-year-old boy was taken to Glasgow Royal Infirmary for treatment for a head injury. Inquiries are ongoing. It is believed police are following a positive line of inquiry. A spokeswoman from Glasgow City Council said police were called to the school today after an incident at the school gate and school staff will be helping with many inquiries. For the Evening Times Online. The Evening Times, 12th of June 2019. 
creating a creative community Glasgow Canal. Lumen Large, a risky bond, provides offices and studios in a space up to 3,200 square feet and is becoming home to some of the city's best creatives, including Turner Prize winner Charlotte Proger. And, as expected from a city like Glasgow, music heads are taking heed. It's been great because all the businesses are creative businesses, says Sean McCluskey from music production company Digital Natives. After moving in less than a month ago, Sean and his brother Liam have already hit the ground running. I came here when I was 13 to buy my first computer, says Liam. I got it on Gumtree. I was waiting downstairs and this really cool looking graphic designer came down to give it to me. I never forgot it, and that's how we found here. We're originally from Ayrshire. Digital natives are one of music businesses moving into the fifth floor of Risky Bond. On the same floor is Tentu, a music visual and photography company, an emu bands, an independent label, and streaming facilitator music in Glasgow. The way it is consumed and created is changing, and a corridor affects it. They're a collaborative bunch, says Tentu Steve Kyle, when I asked him about the Scottish music community, we've always had different people in and out of the studio sharing jobs. Last week, we were out with NME doing a video for Bell Sebastian on the boat in Greenock. The shared culture has grown. Music has always been good, but the work alongside music has kept it up. It's nice to recognise faces out and about, and it's really a Glasgow thing to be able to do that. He's right, of course. Go on to Box on Socky Hill Street and you will see Favis and Ross Leggington working or Hug and Pint and get served by Adam Leavton, the frontman of Ria Promised Jetpacks. The company in this floor think all the things that you wouldn't usually think you would have to think about when it comes to music. And that's because these companies do the thinking for you. On this floor you could make a band's career, says Tentu Ryan Johnson. You could start at one end of the produced music shoot and film their visuals halfway up the corridor, sell them and get them on streaming services, book their tour and get them out there. Only five minutes from the west end of the city centre, from Risky Bond is both prime location and excellent in its enabling for creativity. This, of course, is one of the varying formations built in 1957 by Highland Distilleries, for Risky Bond was initially used as a Bond warehouse, and then a mushroom factory. Regenerated by waterside regeneration, it reopened in 2012 as co-working and office space for the colourful minds of Glasgow. For Risky Bond, Fiona McFadden commented, Moving into the summer, it's fantastic to see really interesting and diverse businesses, such as House 51 and Street 15 moving here. For Risky Bond, is home to a very electric collection of creators, and we are seeing a growing community from the music industry taking space here. We are delighted to showcase everything for Risky Bond has to offer to new members of our creative community. Q and Review Print Speaking to the Blind are a charity based in Bishop Briggs. We are currently looking to recruit volunteer access to audio ambassadors in Eastern Bartonshire to place leaflets and business cards at businesses, shops and amenities in the area and to show the public how to listen to daily and weekly online articles from the Herald Scotland, Evening Times, The National and Inside Soap magazine for free. If you would like to volunteer and become an access to Audio Ambassador, please contact Michael Rankin 
on 0141-772-3976 or email aaatl at qandreview.com. That's aaatl at qandreview.com. In addition, we are also recruiting for volunteer readers and technicians. If you're interested in reading or technically supporting a recording team, please contact us on 0141-772-3976 or email information at qandreview.com. Details of all of our volunteering opportunities are available on our website at qandreview.com. Thank you. Now, back to the main programme. Evening Times News, recorded on the 10th of June 2019. Former Celtic star Anthony Stokes denies stalking campaign against ex-girlfriend. For the Evening Times Online. Former Celtic star Anthony Stokes has denied claims he carried out a stalking campaign against a former girlfriend. The 30-year-old striker is alleged to have caused fear and alarm and stalked the woman on various occasions between July 2018 and February this year. Court papers allege he repeatedly phoned and left voicemails. The calls were claimed to be threatening. He's also said to have sent abusive and sexual texts and social media messages. The footballer appeared at Hamilton Sheriff Court when he pled not guilty to the charges and the case was continued. Stoza is also accused of banging on the alleged victim's door and shots Lancashire last July. Prosecutors claim he shouted through her letterbox and waited outside her home in his motor. The footballer allegedly stood in the road and blocked a car being driven by a man who had taken his ex home. Charges state Stokes shouted, swore and gesticulated at him and the occupants of the vehicle, then allegedly kicked the motor while shouting and swearing at the woman. Stokes is further said to have shouted and sworn at the woman in various locations in Glasgow on September the 30th of last year, before following her home and entering her property uninvited, and then allegedly asked her mother about her whereabouts. Stokes is said to have returned to shout and swear at his former partner through a window on October the 9th. Stokes won seven trophies in six seasons at Parkhead and netted twice in Hibs's 3-2 Scottish Cup win over Rangers in 2016. A striker had spells at Falkirk, Sunderland and Blackburn Rovers. He won nine international caps for the Republic of Ireland. Last year, he joined Iranian team tractor Sazi FC in the Persian Gulf Pro League on a four-year deal. Stokes of Glasgow was given bail by Sheriff Mary Smart and is expected to return to court next month. From the Evening Times Online. For Evening Times, 12th of June 2019. Mikhail Lustig, Celtic should have handled my potential exit better. The 32-year-old is currently on international duty with Sweden, is out of contract this summer and is set to make a decision over his future in the coming days. Lustig confirmed that Malmö have expressed an interest in tempting him back to his homeland, while he has previously acknowledged an approach from Stockholm outfit AIK. But after helping Celtic win 16 major trophies during his seven and a half years at Parkhead, Lustig believes the situation could have been dealt with differently. Speaking after Sweden's 3-0 defeat against Spain on Monday, Lustig told Sport Bladelet that last few weeks have been tough, not on the field but on the pitch. I am proud of how I handled the situation and those closest to me, the players and the leaders at Celtic, know what has happened. It could have been handled differently in terms of what have been said and what happened. 
asked whether he laid the blame on the door of a parkhead hair tree. Lustig declined to comment. Despite later posting what appeared to be a feral video to Celtic supporters on Instagram, Lustig Dick, however, refused to rule out extending his day with a triple treble winners. Lustig continued, You should never say never. I love Celtic and never thought I would feel such a connection to the club. I would never close that door. For me, that club is the fans and a job the players do for them. I have nothing but good things to say about Celtic. Nevertheless, Lustig is likely to have no shortage of options, so does love affair with Celtic come to an end? He added, I know that Mamo's interest, but I would also consider going further afield. Today is not only Europe where he can play. I have national teammates who have moved to the United States, the Middle East and Australia. Evening Times News, recorded on the 10th of June 2019. Ann Porter Glasgow Kelvin College Head of Department Killed in Motorway Crash From the Evening Times Online The Head of Glasgow College Faculty has died in a motorway crash during a study visit to Slovenia. Anne Porter, believed to be 52, died in the incident involving three vehicles on a motorway near capital city, Jubiljana, on Wednesday morning. Four other people, including at least two from New College Lancashire, were injured and taken to a nearby hospital. They were all thought to be passengers in the same vehicle. Glasgow Kelvin College said Mrs Porter was Head of Faculty for Engineering, Construction and Science. A statement said that the college can confirm that tragically a member of our staff has died following a motor vehicle accident on a Sunday visit to Slovenia. All at the college are shocked and saddened by this tragic event. Our thoughts and deepest condolences are with Anne's family and friends. A spokeswoman said two members of staff from New College Lancashire participating in a study visit to Slovenia were hurt and required medical treatment yesterday. When the vehicle in which they were travelling was hit by another vehicle while stationary in traffic. They are providing ongoing support to them and their families. Prosecutors in Slovenia are investigating the cause of the crash. From the Evening Times Online. The Evening Times, 13th of June 2019. Would signing David Turnbull benefit Celtic of a player? Here's what the stats say. There have been numerous examples of players who may have flourished at smaller clubs being somewhat swallowed up at either Celtic or Rangers throughout the years. And any young player who makes a move has to weigh up to the life-changing money on offer and the opportunity to play for such a big club with a potential hampering of their development due to the lack of guaranteed first-team football. The latest young Scottish talent to be linked with a move to Glasgow's Motherwell sensation David Turnbull, with Celtics and formal advantage of a 19-year-old so far being rebuffed by the Fir Park Club. Those conversations will continue, but if a club do reach an agreement and Turnbull does make the move, who might be asked from Celtic starting line-up, or if Oliver Natchum does leave Celtic as reports suggest, he might do this summer, is Turnbull a ready-made replacement? When comparing Turnbull to the attacking midfielders in the Celtic squad, the most obvious stat that jumps out is the number of goals. He bagged 15 goals last season for Motherwell in just 30 appearances. Whilst the closest contender from those who operate at a central midfield area for Celtic is Ryan Christie, with nine goals to his name. Turnbull, of course, spent a lot of time on the field when Christie, who endured two long injury layoffs throughout the season. 
Turnbull managed 2,575 minutes in the Scottish Premiership to Christie's 15,098 minutes, with both players registering the same number of assets on the four-piece. It is Christie's output that most mirrors that of Turnbull, with the rest of the Celtic midfielders failing to provide anywhere near as much of a goal. Tom Rodgick and Natchum scored just three goals each last season, as did Callum McGregor, whose stats are a reflection of withdrawn position that he was asked to employ for much of a campaign. The comparisons of Christie don't end there, with the average goals per game of 0.5 apiece, an average asset of 0.14 for Turnbull and 0.23 for Christie, meaning Turnbull is keeping pace with a 24-year-old in terms of his attacking number. This is the end of part one. After a short break, we'll be coming back in part two with more great articles from the Evening Times. Visually impaired people are being invited to see if they are eligible for a free, specially adapted radio from a charity. The British Wireless for the Blind Fund, BWBF, provides the equipment to those with sight loss around the UK who meet its criteria. Radio is a lifeline to those who are blind and partially sighted, providing companionship and helping them to keep in touch with what's going on in the world, as well as in the local community. BWBF offers equipment free of charge to those who have sight loss and are in receipt of a means-tested benefit. BWBF is launching its Reaching Out campaign to try and increase awareness about their equipment and help more people who are blind and partially sighted. Our regional development manager, Sophie Weldon, said, Our radios are designed so that a person with sight loss can use them easily and independently. All equipment is delivered to the home by a volunteer who sets it all up and provides support in using it. We offer a range of equipment, digital radios, CD players, memory stick players, internet radio and even a specially designed app. Our radios are vital to someone who cannot see. They provide news, information and entertainment, but also, more importantly, companionship and a friendly service. If you or someone you know is interested in a BWBF radio, please contact Sophie Weldon at sophie at blind.org.uk That is S-O-P-H-I-E at B-L-I-N-D dot org dot UK or phone 01283 790 that's 01283 or on 07540-724-063. find out more about the British Wireless for the Blind Fund, follow us on Twitter at British Wireless, like us on Facebook, or go to blind.org.uk. Now, back to the main programme. Welcome back. The headlines in part two. Elderly man wins appeal to rent out Vinnicombe Street flat. Scott Rail services between Percy Gilmore Street and Glasgow Central disrupted. Premier Law Vision set for backing. Would signing David Turnbull benefit Celtic of a pair? Here's what the stats say. Garble sign pool closed amid instant as cleaners move in. Celtic agree £3 million fee for Motherwell for David Turnbull. Unite announced further strike at Glasgow Airport. UK supermarkets among more than 100 companies pledging to help half food waste. Man faces jail for leaving baby badly injured after hurling him in the air. Glasgow St Bride Primary 
Forced to install washing machines to end bedbug nightmare. Curating a creative community at Glasgow Canal. Bedbug outbreak at Glasgow St Bride Primary leads to calls for community support. Care homes in Glasgow hit with complaints and worst grades from inspectors. Things on in Glasgow this Father's Day weekend. Liverpool kid Shea Ojo can follow Ryan Kent's example and boost his reputation at Rangers. Glasgow private hire driver banned as English ability questioned. The Evening Times News Recorded on the 11th of June 2019 Elderly man wins appeal to rent out Vinicombe Street flat By local democracy reporter Catherine Hunter An elderly man who was told he couldn't extend his licence on his West End flat because of his age has successfully appealed the council's decision. George Waddle, believed to be in his 70s, submitted an application to renew his Houses and Multiple Occupation HMO licence for the property on Vinicombe Street in March. This was refused by the licensing committee following concerns about his age and inability to answer questions from the committee and relying on a solicitor to speak on his behalf. At the time, Hillhead councillor Ken Andrew had pointed out there were problems with the gable end of the building, which has been branded dangerous since 2014. A document submitted to the council on behalf of Mr Waddle stated that refusing an extension on the HMO licence on the grounds of the applicant's age was not justified. It also stated that concerns regarding the applicant's ability to manage the living accommodation properly, the fact that the applicant had not taken legal action against other owners within the building, nor had he contributed to cost of common repairs, was not an acceptable reason to refuse the licence. Following the appeal, Councillor Andrew said he was an elderly gentleman, hard of hearing, but regardless of that, his property should still be in a good condition. The situation is unfortunate and I felt awful objecting, but this gentleman could have made arrangements to help the committee engage with him. All properties must be maintained to a suitable standard. The building had previously been served with a dangerous buildings notice and fenced off to protect anyone passing from falling masonry. At the original committee, five councillors voted to refuse the application, while three voted to approve, subject to conditions. A spokesman for the council said all applicants had the right of appeal against the decision by the committee, and in this case the applicant's appeal was successful. The application for the renewal of an HMO licence in this case will now be granted. By local democracy reporter, Catherine Hunter. The Evening Times, 11th of June 2019. Scott Rail services between Percy Gilmore Street and Glasgow Central disrupted. A fault with a signalling system between both stations had taken place earlier. Services are still being disrupted. The route affected is that between Air Gurk, Rimsbury, Largs, and Rotten Harbour in Glasgow Central. Ticket acceptance is in place with McGill buses on Route 38, 38A, 17, Paisley, Hawkhead, Cruxton. Moss Park, Crocker Hill, Dunberg and Glasgow in both directions. Bus route Paisley, Glasgow via Paisley Road West. The Evening Times News Recorded on the 11th of June 2019 Premier Law Vision set for backing by local democracy reporter Drew Sanderlands. Glasgow councillors are set to back plans to transform the Premier Law area of the city. Wide-ranging proposals, which include a riverside park, and improvements to the M8 received strong support during public consultation. Now city chiefs are being asked to approve a framework and 10-year action plan 
which outlines how the project will progress. The River Park, to be completed in 2025, would run along both sides of the Clyde to improve public space and bring leisure opportunities to the river. A report on the vision, which has been shortlisted for Scottish Design Awards 2019 in the Master Planning category, states the aim is to create a park from Glasgow Green to the Riverside Museum in Kelvin Grove, which will become a key destination and attraction in the city centre. Glasgow City Council leader Susan Atkins said the public consultation process has demonstrated clear support for the proposed Law District Regeneration Framework and has been helpful in identifying areas where further consideration and engagement with stakeholders will be required before project plans are agreed. The written submissions, mainly from organisational stakeholders, were very useful in understanding respective priorities, areas of concern and also areas of opportunity. By local democracy reporter Drew Sanderlands. The Evening Times, 13th of June 2019. When signing David Turnbull benefits Celtic, Oliver Pl- Here's what the stats say. There have been numerous examples of players who may have flourished at smaller clubs being somewhat swallowed up at either Celtic or Rangers throughout the years. And any young player who makes a move has to weigh up to the life-changing money on offer and the opportunity to play for such a big club, with a potential hampering of their development due to the lack of guaranteed first-team football. The latest young Scottish talent to be linked with a move to Glasgow's Motherwell sensation David Turnbull, with Celtic's informal advantage of a 19-year-old so far being rebuffed by the Fir Park club. Those conversations will continue, but if a club do reach an agreement and Turnbull does make the move, who might be asked from Celtic starting line-up, or if Oliver Natchum does leave Celtic as reports suggest, he might do this summer, is Turnbull a ready-made replacement? When comparing Turnbull to the attacking midfielders in the Celtic squad, the most obvious stat that jumps out is the number of goals. He bagged 15 goals last season for Motherwell in just 30 appearances whilst the closest contender from those who operate at a central midfield area for Celtic is Ryan Christie, with nine goals to his name. Turnbull, of course, spent a lot of time on the field than Christie, who endured two long injury layoffs throughout the season. Turnbull managed 2,575 minutes in a Scottish Premiership to Christie's 15,098 minutes, with both players registering the same number of assets on the four-piece. It is Christie's output that most mirrors that of Turnbull, with the rest of the Celtic midfielders failing to provide anywhere near as much of a goal. Tom Rodgick and Natchum scored just three goals each last season, as did Callum McGregor, whose stats are a reflection of withdrawn position that he was asked to employ for much of the campaign. The comparisons of Christie don't end there, with the average goals per game of 0.5 apiece, an average asset of 0.14 for Turnbull and 0.23 for Christie, meaning Turnbull is keeping pace with a 24-year-old in terms of his attacking number. If you are blind or partially sighted, or know somebody who is, they may be eligible to receive a BWBF Sonata Plus internet radio, where our daily podcasts are available. To qualify for a free permanent loan from BWBF, you need to be resident in the UK, registered blind or partially sighted, over the age of 8, and in receipt of a means-tested benefit, or have a parent or guardian in receipt if you are under 18. 
If you think you qualify, you can find your local agent at www.blind.org.uk. And remember, when setting up the player, ask for the Cune Review channels. Now, back to the main programme. The Evening Times News, recorded on the 11th of June 2019. Garble swimming pool closed amid incident as cleaners move in. By senior digital journalist, after Bailey. Garble swimming pool was shut suddenly on Sunday and part of Monday amid an incident. The closure of the Ballater Street facility was announced online on Monday morning by Glasgow Club. The team wrote, Garble Swimming Pool is currently closed due to an incident. The closure will allow us to carry out a strict cleaning regime in line with our pool water treatment protocol. The pool is currently scheduled to reopen at 2pm today. Apologies. A spokeswoman for Glasgow Life confirmed the pool was closed unexpectedly on Sunday afternoon after a user fell ill while in the water. She told the Evening Times that staff deals with the incident as quickly as possible and the pool will reopen at 2pm this Monday afternoon. By senior digital journalist, after Bali. For Evening Times, 13th of June 2019. Celtic agree £3 million fee for Motherwell for David Turnbull. The 19-year-old will now hold talks with the Scottish champions with a new view to becoming Neil Lennon's first signing since taking charge of Celtic for the second time. The club has been in discussions for some time regarding the transfer of Turnbull, with an informal opening offer being knocked back by the Lanarkshire club. But a significantly increased offer, which meant the figure that the Fir Park outfit has been holding out for plus add-ons, had now been accepted. A statement from Motherwell read Motherwell's football club has reached an agreement for Celtic FC for a potential transfer of David Turnbull. The academy graduate has been given permission to speak to the club. Should the deal go through, the value of a transfer will vastly exceed our previous record fee received. We have rejected several seven figures for David in recent weeks, with clubs the length and brief of the UK speaking to us about him. It is clear from what the fee we stand to receive fully maximises its potential value. We have continued to stand by what we believe is a fair value for David. In light of the negotiation stance we have adopted, the money we stand to receive will be a transformational for us as we continue to operate as a fan-owned club. The Evening Times News, recorded on the 11th of June 2019. Unite announced further strike at Glasgow Airport by Lizzie Roberts. Glasgow Airport workers will go on strike for an additional four-hour period Unite the Union has announced. The four-hour stoppage will take place on Monday, June the 24th, between 6am and 10am, just four days before city schools go out on summer holidays. The announcement comes after workers walked out today for 12 hours between 4am and 4pm over a dispute regarding pay and pensions. The same 12-hour strike also took place on Friday, causing some disruption for passengers. Today's strike, however, caused no disruption, according to airport bosses, AGS Airports. This additional action adds to more planned strikes for June the 14th between 4am and 8am and June the 21st between 8.30am and 2.30pm. Pat Michael Vogue, Unite Regional Industrial Officer, said, Unite has repeatedly offered to meet Glasgow Airport Management at any time, at any place, and under any auspices, to find a resolution to this dispute. This is not a matter of debate, it's a fact. 
Airport bosses AGS said, Despite the best efforts of the unions to cause disruption for the travelling public, we have kept our airports open, ensuring thousands of passengers and hundreds of flights have been able to travel and operate safely. We want to resolve this dispute, and if they are serious about getting back around the table, then we will call on them to end the strike. Until they do, our focus will be on ensuring they do not cause disruption for passengers and airlines. By Lizzie Roberts The Evening Times, 13th of June 2019 UK supermarkets among more than 100 companies pledging to help half food waste. More than 100 businesses and organisations, including UK's major supermarkets, have committed to groundbreaking action to drive down food waste and drive public awareness, the Department of Environment, Food and Rural Affairs deftly said. An estimated 10.2 million tonnes of food and drink are wasted every year in the UK after leaving a farm gate worth £20 billion. It is estimated that UK households spend £15 billion every year on food that could have been eaten but ends up being thrown away, equating to £500 a year for household average. The announcement follows the government's new food surplus and waste campaign Ben Elliott urging organisations to step up to the plate at the Simpland last month. It comes as Prime Minister Theresa May announced that the UK would legislate for a new legal target to cut greenhouse gases to net zero by 2050. Environment Secretary Michael Gove, who warned last month that food production was extravagant and profligate, said, I'm delighted to see so many UK food businesses commit to game-changing action to cut food waste, and I hope that others would follow. The UK has shown real leadership in this area, but each year millions of tonnes of food is wasted. Together we will end the environmental and economic scandal that is food waste. Mr Elliot said we are pleased to see these retailers committing to change. To those retailers yet to sign a pledge, why not? You have a responsibility to step up and do your bit. Remember, this weekly Digest programme is just a selection of what we produce. You can access more daily content online for free at qandreview.com forward slash free podcasts for free daily podcasts of the Herald Scotland and Evening Times and weekly digests of the National and Inside Soap magazine. Alternatively, you can access all of these services via a BWBF Sonata Plus internet radio player. Now, back to the main programme. Evening Times News Recorded on the 11th of June, 2019. Man faces jail for leaving baby badly injured after hurling him in the air. For an evening times online. A man apparently good with kids left a baby badly injured after repeatedly hurling him into the air. Charlie Boyle had been looking after the 12-week-old boy at his home in Neilston in June 2017. Boyle insisted he had been playing with the child who he claimed was laughing. But the stricken baby ended up in hospital after becoming unresponsive and floppy. A judge heard today how the child may have died, but for urgent medical help. Boyle now faces jail after he pled guilty to culpably and recklessly throwing the boy to a severe injury and to the danger of his life. The 22-year-old had initially gone on trial, accused of attempted murder, before admitting to the reduced charge. The boy's mum told the High Court in Glasgow Charlie was good with kids. However, it emerged he had previously warned Boyle not to throw the baby into the air. Despite that, Boyle ignored what he had been told. It also emerged that the Paisley man's current partner is heavily pregnant and due to give birth later this month. He had his bail continued, pendencing sentencing next month. <laughs> 
For evening times online. For evening times, thirteen for June twenty nineteen. Glasgow Saint Bride Primary forced to install washing machines to end bedbug nightmare. For two machines are part of an action plan drawn up by city council officials to help tackle the issue at Saint Bride Primary School. And will be used to boil wash clothes of children whose families do not have available facilities. They are expected to be installed in the school by August at the latest. The move comes as the Evening Times can reveal all staff member of the school was paid compensation by Glasgow City Council after suffering an outbreak of bed bug bites. Exterminators have been called into the school on a regular basis since 2015. And it is featured over fortnightly visits may be required, costing tens of thousands in total. A document seen by Evening Times minutes discussion surrounding a payout to a staff member at the Craigie Street School following repeated fumigations on the site in 2018. It is understood the creature spread to the staff member's home with part of the undisclosed sum of cash intended for the replacement of furniture. Warnings about bedbugs and advice have been offered to parents at the school as early as 2015, but do not prevent an infestation at Saint Bride's in 2018. With pest control experts dealing with the issue on at least three occasions throughout the year, that problem was first raised with exterminators in March last year, with further visits in May and December. So far in 2019, a further two decontamination procedures at the school have taken place, with two more pencilled in during the summer break. Detailed in the document are suggestions that the school may be needed to chemically treat it every fortnight to tackle the problem, a process costing reportedly costing as much as £3,000 per visit, as well as a requirement for children to store coats in Ziploc bags at school. However, Glasgow City Council says this has not yet been carried out. Following confirmation, the staff member was compensated by the council early this year. It was claimed within a leaked document that all forty staff members at the school were also affected, which is council disputes. During a meeting, head teacher Helen Mulholland reportedly referred to mental and emotional stress felt by her staff, saying more support was needed to tackle the problem. It was also noted teaching staff were working hard to identify and aid those children affected by bed bug bites, helping families access public health services. However, she added there was a concern over workload, as everyone is already beyond maximum capacity. Union representatives. So the council is responsible for the well-being of pupils and staff. Susan Quinn, EIS Glasgow secretary, said the teachers' union could not comment on individual cases, but that it is clearly the responsibility of the authority to take all appropriate action to ensure a safe and appropriate working environment for pupils and staff in all schools. Speaking earlier this year about pest control visits in Glasgow schools, Miss Quinn said it was essential the matter is dealt with sensitively. With appropriate understanding and support for any pupils who may have been affected. Since the turn of the year, Glasgow City Council claims there have been no active sightings of bedbugs in the school. An assessment carried out on those schools showed the risk to those in the building to be moderate, with the potential for bites, skin irritation, infection, infestation, and stress and anxiety highlighted as dangers. 
Glasgow City Council said it has been working in the surrounding areas of Strathbungo and Govan Hill as a whole to halt for spread of bed bugs. Before the instance at St Bride Primary, two reports of the creatures were made by staff at Anita Street Primary, less than half a mile of Craigie Street, and within the exact Pollock Shield Primary, also on the south side, for schools were in constituency of First Minister Nicola Sturgeon. A council spokeswoman said council services have been working intensively in Govan Hill to deal with pest control issues both responding to calls from the public and undertaking proactive block-by-block treatment programmes. To get fully on top of this issue, we all have a role to play, including the media, and continue to ask for further cooperation from landlords and residents to ensure treatments are effective as possible. Supporting our children and our staff are a top priority, and while challenging for all, we are working with a number of agencies to do all that we can to put measures in place that will help the school manage the situation. The Evening Times News, recorded on the 12th of June 2019, curating a creative community at Glasgow Canal, from the Evening Times Online. From the outside, you wouldn't think it would be home to some of Glasgow's most creative minds, but the whiskey bond at Glasgow's canal side is full of surprises. Looming large, the Whiskey Bond provides offices and studios in a space up to 3,200 square feet and is becoming home to some of the city's best creatives, including Turner Prize winner Charlotte Proger. And as expected from a city like Glasgow, music heads are taking heed. It's been great because all the businesses here are creative businesses, says Sean McCloskey from music production company Digital Natives. After moving in less than a month ago, Sean and his brother Liam have already hit the ground running. I came here when I was 13 to buy my first computer, says Liam. I got it on Gumtree. I was waiting downstairs and this really cool looking graphic designer came down to give me it. I never forgot it and that was how we found here. We're originally from Ayrshire. Digital natives are one of the plethora of music businesses moving into the fifth floor of Whiskey Bond. On the same floor is Tentu, a music visuals and photography company, and Emu Bands, an independent label and streaming facilitator. Music in Glasgow, the way it is consumed and created, is changing, and this corridor reflects it. Our collaborative bunch, says Tentu's Stevie Kyle, when I ask him about the Scottish music community. We've always had different people in and out of the studio, sharing jobs. Last week we were out with NME doing a video for Bell and Sebastian on a boat in Greenock. The shared culture has grown. Music has always been good, but the work alongside the music has kept it up. It's nice to recognise faces out and about, and it's a really Glasgow thing to be able to do that. He's right, of course. Go to Box on Tokyo Street. And you'll see Faverson's Ross Leeton working, or they hug and paint, and get served by Adam Leeton, the frontman of We Were Promised Jetpacks. The company is on this floor. Think of all the things that you wouldn't usually think you'd have to think about when it comes to music. And that's because these companies do the thinking for you. On this floor, you can make a band's career, says Tentu's Ryan Johnson. You can start at one end and produce the music, shoot and film their visuals halfway up the corridor, sell them and get them on streaming services, book their tour, and get them out there. They'd be good to go. 
Only five minutes from the west end of the city centre, the Whiskey Bond is both prime location and excellent in its enabling of creativity. This, of course, is only one of the varying formations built in 1957 by Highland Distilleries. The Whiskey Bond was initially used as a bonded warehouse and then a mushroom factory. Regenerated by ICE's waterside regeneration, it reopened in 2012 as a co-working and office space for the colourful minds of Glasgow. The Whiskey Bond's Fiona McFadden commented, Moving into the summer, it's fantastic to see really interesting and diverse businesses such as House 51 and Suite 15 moving here. The Whiskey Bond is home to a very eclectic collection of creators, and we are seeing a growing community from the music industry taking space here. We're delighted to showcase everything the Whiskey Bond has to offer to the new members of our creative community. From the Evening Times Online... The Evening Times, 13th of June 2019. Bed bug outbreak at Glasgow St Bride Primary leads to calls for community support. The creatures have been reported and cleared on multiple occasions at St Bride Primary School on Craigie Street, with council officials and teachers taking multiple measures to tackle outbreaks. First reported in March of last year, the school is one of only three in the city which has reported bedbugs on the site in the past five years, with three or five report cases taking place at Strathbungal Building. Despite a number of actions, including a forthcoming installation of washing machines, councillors and community groups are calling for further support to be offered to those affected by the pests. A council spokeswoman for Southside Central said these revelations are deeply concerning. As a local councillor, I have continually been raising concerns about an infestation in the area and the very real impact that of all those who live and work in the area. It is quite frankly unacceptable that children and staff have been exposed to this infestation while at school. The response is complacent and this administration must do better. We need coordinated action from the council and others, including the Scottish Government to tackle this problem. This should be a number one priority, because it certainly is for people who live and work there. This area is represented by Nicola Sturgeon in the Scottish Parliament. There is absolutely no excuse for this complacency. Glasgow City Council have worked extensively with those parents and teachers to ensure those requiring help to eradicate the bedbugs are directed to health and social care providers. Officers put together an action plan outlining the possible effects bed bugs could have on those using a building. St. Bride's was given a moderate rating as a result, with the ongoing monitoring of be carried out at the school. According to the council, this rating means efforts should be made to reduce the risk, but the costs of prevention should be carefully measured and limited, and in risk reduction measures should be implemented with a defined time period and further assessment may be necessary. The report also states several areas of the school are part of a bedbug spread, with soft toys and cushions housed at St Bride's to be washed on a regular basis to avoid contamination. An action plan written in conjunction with St Bride's staff outlined measures such as additional staff hours and regular inspections by pest control, which could be put in place. The installation of lockers and removal of furniture from a school were also suggested as options. SNP councillor for the area, Marie Hunter, said I have been kept updated about the situation in St Bride's and understand that there have been no active sightings in the school since January and no additional staff have been affected. I have been assured measures have been put in place to the school to mitigate against the risk of further outbreaks and support the staff if available.
These measures remain in place until the problem is fully eradicated. St Bride's is an outstanding local school, and staff are working closely with families in partnership with other agencies to educate and address the issue, along with a ride block treatment programme in place to the local area. Alongside the active measures put in place by the council, those living in the area believe the greater support is needed for the area to tackle the existing poverty, as well as more support for those in the school. A spokeswoman for Shawlands and Staffrungal Community Council said this school is in a high area poverty in social inequalities. What is needed here is the greater resources and support for the school children and the school. A council spokeswoman said our schools play an active and important role in many different issues affecting their local community, offering support and advice to their families far beyond learning and teaching. The measures introduced in the school are having an impact of no active sightings in the school since January and no additional staff affected. These must be done as sensitively as possible so that there is no stigma for our children and families. These include hosting information sessions, inviting along other professionals as appropriate to help educate families with problems affecting their homes that can sometimes have an impact on schools. For Evening Times, 12th of June 2019. Care homes in Glasgow hit with complaints and worst grades from inspectors. Data obtained by the Evening Times shows 18 privately run care homes in the rest of Scotland, including three in the city of Glasgow, have been rated weak or satisfactory by the Care Inspectorate in one or more categories in their last inspections. A total of 47 complaints against a home have been upheld, either partly or in full. Collisden Care Centre in Strathaven, run by Canterbury Care, was also given the lowest rating for home environment residents and has been issued an enforcement notice, which is more serious cases can lead to a care home losing its registration. The home was warned to improve safety procedures involving medication given to elderly residents. A spokeswoman for the home said we are disappointed and surprised by the sudden and drastic reduction in grading However, we are working closely with the care inspectorate to address the concerns raised. We acknowledge the need to address some domestic environmental issues and a refurbishment programme and have already begun to regard this. Railhall Resident Home in Hamilton and Ballantyne Court in Larkhall have also been hit with enforcements by Care Watchdog. Ballantyne Court, which is run by Rail Care Homes Ltd., has received the highest number of complaints, with seven upheld or partly upheld over the past three years. Two Glasgow homes, both run by Oakminster Health Ltd, which among those rated weak in one of more areas, Chester Park Care Home in Kenham Park and Cumbria House in Hillhead. Chester Park was rated in the second lowest category for staff and leadership, while Cumbria House in the city's West End was given a second lowest rating for care, support and well-being of residents, care planning and leadership. And an official complaint against the home was also upheld by the care inspectorate. The company declined to comment on the latest inspection report. Westley Care Home in Neilston, which is run by Third Life Care, was rated weak for care, support and well-being, care support planning and staff team 
One complaint was upheld or partially upheld by a care inspectorate from 2017. A spokesman for the home said there was poor practice going on in the home, but action was already being taken to address the issues raised by the care inspectorate. We are due to be inspected again in August. There are new national care standards in place, but have set the bar much higher for care homes. You will generally find that care homes are receiving low ratings because of new national guidelines. We are graded under different categories with subheadings. You can get three five S and one two, but you are then graded as a two. They don't take average. Oxton House Residential Care, which is listed under the ownership of Mr. and Mrs. C. Connell, was rated weak for care, support, and planning and leadership. A spokeswoman for the home said we provide a high level of care. It was some paperwork that was not up to scratch. Apple House Cross Nursing Home in Hurtlet was rated weak for care and support of residents, care planning and leadership. A spokeswoman from the home said we've had some issues in the past with staffing, but have been working really hard to improve our services because it means everything to us. We have increased our staffing levels and increased training for our nurses, and we are waiting for care inspectorate coming in. Abbeydale Court Care Centre in Hamilton, run by Abbey Healthcare, was rated weak for care, support, and well-being. A spokesman from the home said we weren't expecting the low grades, but we are confident that we have met all the points in the action plan. Flemington Care Home in Camberslang was hit weak ratings in four categories, including the care of residents, and four complaints have been upheld by the care inspectorate in the past three years. Other care homes rated weak in one or more categories were Green Hills Care Home in Bagar, run by Thistle Health Care, Dalmelinton Care Centre, and Firknor May Ball, Hutton Park Care Home, run by Hutton Park LTD, Kentire Care Centre in Campleton, run by HE1, Lawnbank Care Centre in Hamilton, Belhaven House in Troon, run by Mansfield Care Torms, and Cumbria Lodge Care Home in Irvine. For Evening Times, 13th of June 2019. Things on in Glasgow this Father's Day weekend. The Drifters, Motherwell Concert Hall, 14th of June 2019. The Drifters are back on tour in the UK with a brand new show performing all their classic hits from the last six decades, including Come On Over to My Place and Up on the Roof. Call 01698 403 120 for tickets. Zippo's Circus, Queen's Park, on until Sunday. The magnificent Top Hat Show is celebrating 21 years since ringmaster Norman Barrett first appeared in Zippo's Circus. The show will be in the park until Sunday, before moving on to Victoria Park on Monday. Head to zippos.co.uk to buy tickets. Glasgow Science Festival, various locations, on until Sunday. Glasgow Science Festival engages up to 50,000 people annually and tens of thousands more, a wide range of initiative and community-led projects. Visit glasgowsciencefestival.org.uk for more events. Backstreet Boys, SSC Hydro, tomorrow. Backstreet Boys take a jump back to the 90s with one of the biggest boy bands of all time. Head to thessehydro.com for tickets. Summer Gala Day, Blantyre Public Park, Sunday. 
expects lots of fun for all the family with fairground, hot and cold food, outdoor market, live music, and entertainment. Visit BlantyreCommunityCommittee.com. Father's Day Book Club, Hillhead Book Club, Sunday. Treat your dad to a classic pie and a pint for just eleven ninety five this Father's Day. Visit hillheadbookclub.co.uk. Men's Ten K Riverside Museum Sunday. Celebrate Father's Day in style for a stunning city centre, which starts at ten a.m. and finishes at George Square. Visit mens10k.com forward slash Glasgow. Barra's Food Trucks Moncur Street Sunday. Another excellent day with some of Scotland's tasty street food traders. Kicks off at noon until six p.m. Rivers Bingo Classic Grand Saturday, the ultimate bingo wave with amazing and not so amazing prizes, including cash, holiday, and plenty of surprises. Tickets at Skiddle dot com. Father's Day lunch Celtic Park Sunday. Celebrate the big day of your dad at Celtic Park with a free course cavery meal and gift to every father. Cost is twenty five pound per adult and ten pound per child. Places are very limited, so secure yours now for a fun family day out. Call zero one four one five five one four two eight eight to book or email events at celticfc.co.uk. The event is expected to be very popular. The evening times. Sport recorded on the twelfth of June, twenty nineteen. Liverpool kid Shea Ojo can follow Ryan Kent's example and boost his reputation at Rangers. By Gertzinger sports writer Christopher Jack. Ryan Kent made the move to Ibrox last summer, knowing he may not even get one last chance at Anfield. Now Shea Ojo finds himself in the same position twelve months on. The form that Kent showed for Steven Gerrard's side was enough to earn him a series of personal accolades and a place in the affections of a support that cherished his talents. When the winger spoke in May, as he was nominated for the PFA Scotland Player and Young Player of the Year awards, it was evident that he had become somewhat ground down by his career cycle. In successive seasons, he would join Coventry, Barnsley, Freiburg and then Bristol City on loan, returning to Liverpool every summer only to find his first team chances limited and to be told he would have to leave on another temporary deal in order to improve and impress. The success of his time at Ibrox last season was always going to act as an inspiration for others within the Anfield ranks and Ojo will now make the same move, hoping to achieve the same results as his fellow wide man. The deal that will bring the 21-year-old north of the border will not have any negative impact on Rangers' pursuit of Kent and Gerrard. We'll be confident that that Ojo can make just as great an impression on the light blues as he once again hits the road. Like Kent, Ojo has called a handful of clubs home from home in recent years, and those experiences, some of which haven't been wholly satisfactory, will undoubtedly stand him in good stead at Ibrox. There is a risk when players are recruited from the youth ranks of clubs in the Premier League and the mixed fortunes of Ovejaria last season shows that there are no guarantees when shopping in that market. Ojaria had undoubted technical ability and skill, but often cut a lonesome figure as he never seemed to settle into life at Glasgow or fit into the side that Gerrard had assembled. That wasn't the case for Kent, and it shouldn't be the case for Ojo. He may still be in the early stages of his career, but three loan moves in England to Wigan, Wolves and Fulham preceded the season in France with Reims, and he has been capped at various youth levels by England.
Ojo Nen is no kid that hasn't lived in the world or first-team football. He has Premier League game time under Jurgen Klopp. He featured eight times during the Germans' first campaign as Liverpool manager, and he will sign a new contract at Anfield before clinching a deal at Ibrox. That is as much about Liverpool protecting their investment as it is buying into Ojo's potential, however. If he ultimately doesn't prove good enough for the Champions League winners, his time at Ibrox will certainly do him no harm in terms of attracting suitors in the long run. The option that Klopp has in his forward line, and the resources he has available in the transfer market, mean the transition from prospect to first-team player is more difficult to know than it has been for some time at Liverpool. Like Kent last term, all Ojo can do is maximise his opportunity under Gerrard's guidance as Rangers bid for domestic silverware. Ojo has been talked about as a talent since he was catching the eye as a 14-year-old with MK Dons, and the move to Rangers will give him perhaps the perfect platform upon which to showcase himself. Liverpool may never reap the rewards on the park, at least, of the time Kent and Ojo spent at Rangers. Gerard already has done, and now he looks like doing so once again. By group senior sports writer Christopher Jack. The Evening Times, 13th of June 2019. Glasgow private hire driver banned as English ability questioned. Azim Latif denied playing a trade where private hire drivers pick someone up off a street who hasn't been booked a lift. Many appeared before Glasgow City Council Licensing Committee, but councillors decided to suspend his licence for the unexpired portion of its duration, following worries over his conduct and level of English. The decision comes weeks after the committee decided taxi and private hire drivers in the city should be tested in their English skills before they can take passengers. A council officer said Mr Latif had been parked in Hope Street when four people approached him. Two of the group then got in a black hackney taxi, while two spoke to council enforcement officials. A council official said for Mr Latif had been parked in Hope Street when four people approached him. Two of the group then got in a black hackney taxi, while two spoke to council enforcement officers. They said Mr Latif had asked where they were going and how much they would pay. He was offered £12 to take him to the East End, but refused, saying he would do it for £20, the officer said. Picking up passengers who haven't booked while working as a private hire car driver invalidates a driver's insurance. Mr Latif's brother asked to address a committee on his behalf as his English is not fluent. We refused to talk to him, he said. I don't know why he gave that account. Licensing Governor Alex Wilson, who asked to speak directly to Mr Latif, said to have real problems with this. He asked if a driver could take them to the city chambers on Hope Street, but Mr Latif couldn't answer. His brother argued that he used the map on his Uber system to ensure passengers reached their destination. He also said he would phone an ambulance in a medical emergency. Councillor Alain McKenzie asked what would happen if the Uber system was down. Mr Latif's brother said he would use Google Maps. It is hoped introducing the SQA qualification to test English will improve customer service levels and satisfaction in public safety. Between 2014 and 2018, the number of passengers' complaints rose from 430 to 1,338. Mr Latif's licence, which had been due to run until August 2021, was suspended immediately. 
Four other private hire drivers were suspended for six weeks after playing for trade. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Evening Times. Q and Review Recording Service Limited is a registered Scottish charity. Number SC018016. Our registered office is at 18 Crowhill Road, Bishop Briggs, Glasgow, G641QY. Remember, you can always get in contact with us by email at information at qandreview.com or by leaving us a message on our answering service at 0141 772 3976.